All right, you can be seated. Thank you for that welcome this morning. Um, my name is uh, Brandon, Pastor Brandon. I'm the family pastor, if we haven't met yet, here at Living Word. Um, been here since beginning of August, so coming up on, what is that, five months or something? And we're very quickly figuring out what lake effect snow means. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. No, um, you know, we, were, we came from Colorado, and everybody asked, well, you guys were used to snow out there, right? Yeah, but it was so sunny out there that the next day after a snow, the sun would be out, and it would be, it would be melting, I mean, almost immediately. So the snow didn't sit. And so there's just these piles of snow here and they just sit there don't they <laughs> they don't they don't go anywhere so i keep waiting for them to go somewhere and they're not anyway so we're figuring it out quickly but anyways we're so glad that you're here this morning um i'm honored to to be able to share this morning what i believe um god wants us to hear um to the, for this new year um you know, it's. I uh, hope your families had a great week this past week together at, at Christmas, and um, just such a good time. Uh, my in-laws are here this week from from Missouri. Um, my parents were here at Thanksgiving, so we just had a great time with family, and I hope you all have been able to enjoy family and, and friends this season. If you were here for the Christmas Eve service, how many of you here? Wasn't that an awesome time? I loved, yeah, I loved being together as a family and seeing this place packed. Um, and just amazing opportunity to, to share the hope of Christ um, at a time of the year when people are open to it. And so thank you to everyone again who invited people from your work and your family. That was, it was just, I sat back and just thought, wow, okay, this is, this is cool. <laughs> I was getting uh, goosebumps over here in the, in the seat. But um, anyways, uh, we did also, I, I, we were able to share some pictures on social media from that night. And um, just on that note, if you're not um, yet following us on, on social media, uh, please hop on there and follow the Living Word pages. We do have um, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or InstaTwitFace, as I like to call it. Um, <laughs> InstaTwit face. I heard that somewhere. I didn't come up with that. I can't take credit. But InstaTwit, we do have InstaTwit face accounts. Uh, um, but we'd love for you, uh, love for you to get on there and follow us. It's just another way that we can communicate. We try to communicate uh, by a few different ways. That's one way that we communicate with you on upcoming events and um, things like that. So I'd um, love for you to hop on there. Of course, uh, our website, livingwordag.com, you can always find um, everything on there that, that's going on at Living Word. So thank you. Um, you know, it's, it's, our culture is really interesting, kind of Western culture. I'd, maybe, maybe worldwide, this is pretty common phenomenon, but this idea of, um, this bombardment of the concept of, of making New Year's resolutions, right? I mean, you can't turn on the radio or go to a retail store or watch the TV without someone talking about some kind of advertisement about making that New Year's resolution, right? I mean, it's just in your face all the time. Um, messages encouraging fitness, um, better eating habits, right? Um, making better financial decisions. Maybe, maybe you've got Dave Ramsey on your newsfeed and you're hearing the debt snowball and all that. And I want to talk about that here in a little bit. But um, sales in these industries must spike around this time of year because everybody's pushing this message of you need, to, you need to do this better in the new year, right? And so, you know, the, and a lot of that comes from, I believe, just people hungry, right, to make some kind of lasting change. 
Now, everybody knows the perception about, you know, resolutions is that uh, you're going to try and then a lot of people think, oh, it'll last a month or two. What People at gyms say what? January's packed, right? And then by the time you get to February, it's back to the normal. No one's, you know. So this whole idea is that these resolutions, while they're great, people, the, people are saying, you know, that they don't often stick. You know, my... Um, my wife and I, we took it upon ourselves to start this Whole30 eating plan um, back around Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it or not, but it's this, um, I don't like the word diet. Notice I call it an eating plan, but um, that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> so we did this Whole30 thing. Of course, we started at Thanksgiving, you know, best time of the year to start uh, eating better. Um, but the, the whole concept of this eating plan is that you eat only real food, meats, fruits, and veggies, pretty much nothing processed. So as crazy as that sounds, but, um, as is normal, you know, we've had our ups and downs with it. Um, uh, we've been pretty consistent though, and have both, you know, lost a little weight and generally felt better. What I'm, what I'm getting at, um, with all of this, all these things are commendable endeavors, right? We're not saying it's, it, it's, it's a good thing to try to eat better. It's a good thing to get healthy. It's a good thing to focus on your, your finances, right? And to get your finances in order and get rid of debt. So those are all great things. Um, but what we're talking about this morning, what we're talking about this morning is, is something much more impactful than the size of our 401k. What, what I'm sharing this morning, I believe, is more eternally important than the size of our waistline. Um, so watch, watch this video with us this morning, and you'll get a little bit idea of what, what we're sharing this morning. Favorite quote from that video, of course, is, is this. What we must realize is that the good start we seek is rooted at putting God at the center of our lives. Um, it may seem a little, a bit oversimplistic this morning, but I want to share today um, what I feel um, the importance is in the new year of establishing or reestablishing God as your first priority for your family in 2018 and what that may look like for each of us. Okay, we're going to talk through some, um, some realistic things that that may mean for some of, some of us, some of our families this morning. Um, you know, for many of us, focusing on our spiritual health, really kind of what we're talking about, right? For 2018, it may mean shifting some priorities. And as soon as I say that, some of you are like, anytime we, anytime we talk about shifting things a little bit, that can make us a little bit uncomfortable. So um, I, I, I found this object lesson, so I hope that um, it's going to help settle things in a little bit, okay? Um, you know, the, the things that we fill our lives up with, all the, all the little things, um, not necessarily unimportant and not necessarily bad things, okay? I'm going to make that clear this morning. All, it's all the little things, though. The, um, the appointments, the, um, the emails, the social media even. Let's even throw social media into that. The, um, the, the sports, the games, the, all, all that stuff. Most of the time, what do we do? We put that in, that takes up a lot of our time, right? And then we think, oh man, I haven't read my Bible in a week. Or, oh man, it's been a month since I've, I've prayed with my family. And then we try to pile that stuff on top, right? And there's no room left. There's no room. We've, we've filled up all of our time already. So a lot of what we're talking about this morning then 
is, is a kind of a reshift in how we line up those priorities. Okay? And we're talking about putting these things, putting these things first. All right? We're talking about um, intentional time with my spouse. Right? We're talking about regular engagement in the body of Christ. We're talking about um, praying with my kids. We're talking about um, regular, regular time in the word and devotion time. And all those things we're saying, let's, let's start with those priorities in the new year. Let's start there. And then the, the, the thing that we realize is that, again, these other things... And I'm spilling some of the little things out on the table. But um, what we, what we cr- quickly realize, again, is that there's still room, you'll notice, there's still room for all this other stuff. Right? We didn't say completely, we're not meaning to completely cut out all that other stuff, right? Or that it, it shouldn't be a part of your life. What we're just saying is that with the priorities first, right, all this other stuff will fall into place. And so um, with this, this morning, I want to walk us through three goals um, of spiritual health that I think could help our families focus in the new year and and help meet this priority, all right? As we look towards um, how to spiritually lead our families, here are three spiritual goals that will help enable that growth. Um, If you've got your Bibles with you this morning, get those out, have those ready. We'll be diving into the Word a bit. Um, First off, first off, and these are on your notes as well if you want to follow along. Regular engagement in biblical community. That's our first one. Regular engagement in biblical community. You know, the author of Hebrews um, gives us a really clear picture of the importance of regular, regularly assembling together as believers. Um, um, jump into Hebrews 10.23. Hebrews 10.23. We're going to read through... Um, 1025, the first part of 1025. So Hebrews 10:23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. From the first goal there of regular engagement, along with this supporting scripture, let me ask you um, a, a couple of questions that, 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 that may be tough, okay? So just bear with me here. Is my family's attendance at church regular or spotty at best? Am I leading my family to consistent opportunities to encounter God or have other events or have, all, have, have other stuff, okay, taken priority over my family's relationship with Jesus? Have I unintentionally, because often it is unintentional, have I unintentionally prioritized all the other stuff before God? Um, Let me just make something absolutely clear this morning. We are for your family here at Living Word. We are for you. We love you deeply. Um, As my role as a family pastor um, part of that is just to empower and encourage families. So I'm going to, I'm going to share If you follow me on social media, oh, oh boy, social media. Anyways, um, you'll, you'll, hopefully you'll see things. You'll see things that I share just meant to encourage and support. And, and that's that I take that seriously as, as part of my responsibilities. So 
According to an article by pastor and author Carrie Newoff, um, there are a variety of reasons for trends. Um, listen to this. Even among committed believers that show a shrinking involvement in their local church, their children being involved in more and more sports and activities that conflict with services is one of the um, reasons he gives another, a growing lack of conviction to attend regularly and a massive cultural shift away from the church that is impacting even followers of Christ. So this morning, without really trying to sound like an alarmist or anything like that, I'm just, I'm I'm putting some facts on the table that, that show even committed families of faith are attending church less often. With that question, I want to, with that statement, I want to pose this question. If your commitment to being in God's house is inconsistent as a family, how much do you think your kids will value being in church as they grow in their walks of faith? Mom and dad, I, here's, here's what I'm getting at. I want to encourage you this morning to lead your family in this area. And not just families with kids. Uh, you know, I want to encourage you to lead your families in this area. You know, at Living Word, we, we work very hard to make our programs for our kids and our families engaging and inviting. Uh, but there still may be times, believe it or not, right? The, the, all of you with parents know that they may not want to come. Um, you know, my nine-year-old son... Um, he doesn't really like to take showers. Okay, how many ever had a boy who wasn't real? Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's just, yes, still. <laughs> um, he's kind of getting at that stage, and you're like, son, it's time. <laughs> it's time again, you know, and, and he's still kind of in that in-between of now. Um, I'm not going to pick on him too much because he's a great kid, but um, we, we've had to encourage him, son, now's a good time, you know. Um, and, and so, so just like with things of, of hygiene, even things like school, um, doctor's visits, or anything else as parents that we value as important for our families, we're, we're saying lead them just in, as, in, as in those areas in their involvement in the local church. Um, growing up as a, as a son of a pastor myself, um, biblical community, community for us was, wasn't an option for me and my siblings. Um, my parents, they, I believe they saw the long-term value and because they wanted to see our relationships with the Lord continue past our, our home life, right? Um, so as I close on this point, I want to say there's an important distinction here at Living Word that we want to make. We, eva- we value engagement over attendance. So when we habitually attend or just show up without being engaged and serving and involvement, we can, we can lose the, the value of that church community, right? So habitual attendance alone can, can leave us sometimes with an empty faith experience. So if your family is struggling in attendance, know again that we're for your family and we love and care for you deeply. I want to encourage you to reach out to a staff member, a ministry leader, and, and see how you can maybe get involved um, Pastor mentioned a lot of those um, options um, coming up for the new year. Uh, maybe it's joining one of our, our home groups, our small groups that he mentioned um, here at Living Word. Or maybe it would look like your family committing um, new to our Wednesday night programs and the bi- adult Bible studies and the, the other things that are going on those nights. Maybe it would look like that. 
Um, of course, I'm a little biased, but I think we have some great, great programs here at Living Word for, for kids um, from birth all the way through high school um, on, on Sundays and, and, and Wednesdays. So, so join in, get a part, join into those types of things and, and see how your family begins over time to, to, to see the impact from those in, um, classes. You know, I want to jump back real quick. I, I've, I failed to mention it earlier. Um, also, uh, we've got a program here for ladies called refit. I don't know if you knew that, but it's a, it's a fitness group here at the church on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, help me out, somebody. Tuesdays and Thursdays, okay, at 6.30, okay, meets in the gym. If that's something as a lady, if you'd be interested in that, any any lady is welcome to that. They've also got a New Year's kickoff, I believe, happening this Friday the 5th from 7 to 8.30. So if you'd want to come check that out, that's happening this Friday. Um, so anyways, as you're seeing, a lot of different options, right, for your family to engage here at Living Word. We want to encourage you um, in those areas. Um, but what if in 2018, uh, we committed to not just coming to church more often, but being engaged more deeply in church, okay? Secondly, secondly, extravagant giving, extravagant giving. You know, in direct relation to our committed engagement at Living Word, the second area of spiritual health that our families can focus on in 2018 is extravagant giving, Specifically here, uh, you know, I'm not just talking about regular tithes and offerings, but we're talking about giving extravagantly of our talents, our energy, and our resources. That's also on your notes, your talents, energy, and your resources. You know, I shared this with our kiddos in, in, um, in Living Word Kids Church um, a few weeks, I think it was in November that we talked about this. And I asked the kids to come up with some different ways that they could give of the of these things talents energy and resources so often we just think of we just think of money but but the idea of the lesson that morning was kids how could you give of your gifts and so we had kids thinking of hmm i i'm a good i like to cook what if what if for what if for christmas i made a bunch of cookies and gave those away or you know something like that or i love to be outside i love to work outside maybe i could go shovel my neighbor's driveway an elderly you know individual who couldn't do it on her own so we're talking about those types of things um and and res- and resources of course um more again, not just financial resources but other resources that may be available um to you. Um, the dictionary defines extravagant as this, exceeding what is reasonable and appropriate. Exceeding what is reasonable and appropriate. Are we open to the Holy Spirit speaking to our families about how to give beyond what is reasonable for the kingdom? Is my family kingdom-minded with our resources, or is our focus too much on the present? Yeah, I mentioned it already, but growing up as a pastor's son myself, I got to see, I was, I was, I was a stereotypical middle child, okay? If you've ever read that um, uh, birth order book, it's pretty interesting or, or heard about it, you know. I was a stereotypical middle child, quiet, kind of in the background, okay? I mean, you maybe wouldn't guess that now, but I didn't like to speak and I didn't like speaking in front of people. I was a background person. I was totally fine with it. Like I let other people have the spotlight. I'll just sit back 
and be a, you know, fly on the wall all the time. But anyways, what that allowed me to do is to kind of watch how it all worked. You know, I, I, and as my parents were instructing and teaching us, I also just got to sit back and watch how it worked. And I saw along these lines, I saw some interesting things. I saw and heard about senior adults in our church who, who didn't let their age define their ministry, but instead found ways to serve, whether that was on the missions committee or hospitality team or somewhere else in the church. I saw empty nesters what, whose tendency may be initially to pull back, but I saw them dig in their heels and host young adult groups in their homes on a weekly basis. Um, I've even, I saw young adults and teens who started defying the stereotypes of their generation and grew passionate about evangelizing people in their circles of influence. I mean, it was amazing what I saw and what we can see when people give extravagantly of their talents, passions, okay? Let's not diminish um, or forget the impact our financial resources can have on the kingdom when we decide to give extravagantly in that way. The biblical precedent for a life of financial generosity is numerous. Um, uh, flip over now to Mark, if you would, with me. Mark twelve forty one. Mark twelve forty one, and we we read here in Mark in Mark twelve forty one the story known as the widow's mite, um, and it's a story in which Jesus and his disciples watch a, a poor woman give all that she had. Um, at the temple. She just, she gave everything. So let's read through this together. Mark twelve forty one. So Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So the example here that Jesus and his disciples were an audience to, it demonstrated how people from every economic status can give from an abundance and it shows how the intent of our heart in our giving um, is, is what matters most. This woman, this widow was unconcerned. She was unconcerned with her financial status and was instead more joyful to give what she had to the Lord. Um, but the wealthy in the story seemingly gave to be flashy. We, we can kind of surmise from the way the story was told that they did not give with the correct intent. We can kind of infer that from, from the way Jesus told I was telling his disciples about this woman. So when we give back to God, the, the financial blessings as well that he's entrusted to us, we believe like, like this five loaves and two fish, God can take what we give back and he can multiply its effectiveness for the kingdom. Um, so if your family hasn't yet engaged in the practice of regular giving through tithing, I want to encourage you in 2018 um, to see how God will be faithful um, and provide ev your every need. Of course, we don't give to receive, but, but we know that God is faithful, right? And he longs for our obedience, we believe, in this area as well, along with others. Lastly, our, 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 my third point here, growing relationships with Jesus. Our growing relationships with Jesus. On a basic level, 
do our families have do our families have relationships with Jesus that extend beyond the walls of living word that extend beyond the walls of the church you guys have probably grown accustomed to it because you've 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 seen it so often but the sign on your way out you know it's it's a constant reminder that the mission field is not here it's there it's beyond the parking lot so we're we're called with our relationships with Jesus to take what he is shaping and molding and, and doing in us and taking it out to our community, right? To taking it out to Wayne County, to Ontario, to Williamson, to Sotus, and everywhere, wherever you are is where the mission field is. But what beyond that, um, how has my relationship with Jesus grown this past year in 2017? What has God taught you or shown you about himself or his word? I want to challenge you that each of us should be regularly examining what God has been doing in us. Have our faiths grown um, to a point of, of being able to withstand the pressures of life, for example. Hopping back to Hebrews, turn with me to Hebrews 5.11. Hebrews 5.11. Um, the New Testament book of Hebrews, just kind of on a historical point, you know, it's, it's, it's one book in scriptures that... Um, that the majority um, would would say we're kind of unsure of the authorship of the book of Hebrews. Um, some believe some believe it's Paul. Um, others suggest other writers. But anyways, just on a kind of a interesting historical note there um, on Hebrews. But um, turn with me, uh, like I said, Hebrews five eleven. So here's what it has to say on us. We're going to read through um, chapter six two. So starting five eleven, we have much to say about this. The author writes. But it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. Like, whoa, calm down. <laughs> no. Um, in fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers, the author tells us. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So besides offending us in the first verse, what, what is the author trying to say to us through this, through this passage? Um, I think at the very least, the author is trying to get us see a couple things. Um, that there is, firstly, there's an elementary understanding of our faith. And then compared on, on the flip side of that, there is a more mature or advanced understanding of our faith. Would you, would you then say then, thinking through this, would you say then that your faith has grown to a more mature understanding since the day you accepted Christ? Or, or to use the verbiage from Hebrews, are you practicing a faith of solid foods or are you still eating a beginner's faith of milk? As we impress, impress upon you often here, your faith must be one that is growing and growing. It must be one that's moving past the bar of when you first accepted Christ the first month or the first year of when you accepted him, we've got to be taking steps beyond that, right? 
we cannot continue to live our lives of faith on milk. We can't stop there. The, the biblical narrative here, I think, supports that. You know, the, the, in fact, the, auth, the examples that the author gives of elementary faith, um, many of us would, would, may still struggle to articulate. I'm, I'm speaking a little for myself as well. From, from chapter um, 6, verse 1 and 2, it's less repentance, faith in God, baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. It's giving those tenets, it's giving those um, concepts as tenets beginning believers should have an understanding of. Isn't that interesting? The, the author's saying, listen, you've got to grow, like I said, beyond a basic understanding of your faith. You've got to, you've got to take a step past the milk, the substance of milk. Looking back at 5.12, the author makes the case that many should now be teaching others. Okay, so it's, it's showing kind of this progression, right? Beginning faith, milk. Mature, more advanced understanding of faith, solid food, and teaching. So we're, we're kind of saying here, we should be instructing others about faith, right? And once we've moved past that step of our initial salvation, But I get it, guys. We, we just, we get stuck, right? I've been there. I, we, I get stuck sometimes in, in just kind of the, the day-to-day. And, and I, for these long periods of time, we, we just were okay with, with the, just the status quo. I've, I've been there before. I've been there. Um, you know, as kind of a personal testimony, I believe God for a long time was trying to prod my wife and I um, to step into to ministry. I, my background is in education. I was a, I was a teacher. I was a music teacher, um, taught for three years back in Indiana. Um, I won't go through my whole history again, but I, I got out of education and I got, went into the corporate world, worked in finance with, um, Expedia.com. I worked with Expedia and, while God is blessing us there where I was at, this whole time, God, it was so interesting, was trying to just, he kept speaking to our hearts about, Brandon, I've got more for you. I've got more for you. And, and so on a personal note, my, my, I, being completely honest, I just, I just wasn't at a place yet where I was ready. I didn't feel, I didn't feel ready, Okay. I wasn't ready for that next step. And finally, finally, when I, I stepped into obedience and we followed what God had for us, man, did we just see how God blessed and provided. It was, it was so good. And that doesn't mean there wasn't difficult times. There were still plenty of difficult times. But So what I'm getting at this morning with that and telling that, for many of us, I think it's God may be speaking to your hearts about taking that next step. What does that next step look like of irregular engagement? What does that next step look like of extravagant giving? What does that next step look like of your relationship with Jesus growing to that next point, of growing to a solid foods? For many of you, I do believe it's probably getting engaged in some of these, um, some of these opportunities. And, and so I really want to encourage you this morning um, to, to check some of those out if you feel like um, one of those could be right for you. The, what we're saying again is, is that growing into relationship with Jesus that encompasses all we do and understand about our faith is paramount. Its importance can't be overstated. As we close, as we close this morning, as Katie comes back up, um, 
on a practical note, what things can you do to encourage growth in your family's spiritual health in 2018? I believe that for, for many of us, for many of us, engaging in biblical community, giving extravagantly of our talents, energy, and resources, and growing in our relationships with Jesus, that, that, that one can probably apply to us all, are some of the best places to start. The application really today is, is up to you, though. The application of, of, this, of this message is up to you. It's up to your family. What steps can you or your family take, though, to ensure that your spiritual health and growth in 2018 is a priority? Not that you're trying to pour all, all this stuff on top of, uh, on, of all the other stuff, but that you've per- first decided, okay, God, I'm going to make, I'm going to commit to a, to a prayer life that, that, that starts somewhere again beyond what I've been doing. If I've not been doing anything, God, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to try five minutes every morning. And that's, that's great. That's totally fine. Start somewhere. God, I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start praying with my kids. I'm going to pick a time, pick, pick a format. I'm going to start getting in prayer though with my family. I'm going to start spending intentional time with my spouse regularly, whatever that looks like, or friends or whatever. I'm going to start putting those things first, and then I'm going to fill my life with, with the other stuff, God, and believe that he's going to, to bless you because your priorities are in the right spot. I, want, I hope that you will remain open to conversations as, as we leave here today. I hope that you'll remain open to having these conversations with your family and, and figuring out for you all in 2018 what the application of today's message look like, looks like. In what areas can your family put God, can you shift and put God back at the center and shift those priorities if necessary? Again, I just pray you'll be open to having those conversations with your spouse if, if they bring that up. Um, and I pray that God would, would also then speak to your heart specifically about things that you could do um, to readjust in 2018. All right, let's, let's pray together. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for um, the opportunity to be in your house. We don't take it for granted God, again, we think of um, our, our brothers and sisters around the world who don't have this freedom, of, of brothers and sisters around the world who live in, in a fear, God, of, of, of danger when they assemble together, God. So we just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. God, we just pray that you would speak to each of us, that you would speak to me about how I can lead my family better about how I can refocus and reshift priorities if necessary for 2018. That you would help me to lead well, that you would help families, moms or, and or dads to lead their families well, husbands and wives to, lead their, to, to help lead their spouses and lead well, God, in 2018. We realize that sometimes um, priorities are unintentionally, God, it's, it's unintentional most of the time to where we sh- have shifted things in the incorrect order. 
but I just pray that you would help us and speak to us about how to line up our priorities again to where you are at the center, to where you are the focus for our family's growth in 2018. And we believe in that families, God will be stronger. God, we believe in that marriages will be stronger. God, in that we believe people will come to know you because people's lives have been centered on your word. And so I just, I pray God that you would speak. I pray that you would move in people's hearts. God, we just thank you for the opportunity again to worship you this morning. I pray that everyone would um, just drive safely on the way home, that you'd give everybody a great week and a great start uh, to 2018. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Living Word. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Have a great week. Have a great week.